What is up, people? You are listening into New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We have plenty to get to on this week's episode. We will be talking about some really positive reviews for DC's Blue Beetle, a movie that had been a little bit maligned when it came to the rollout and the excitement for the film. But the people who have seen the film seem to like it. So we'll discuss that and what it means for the future of the character Jaime Reyes and the franchise Blue Beetle. We'll also discuss some really bizarre back and forth with Gal Gadot and the future of Wonder Woman came out last week that oh Gal Gadot's gonna return as Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 3 then reports say well actually that's not gonna happen and none of that's true so some confusion with that so we'll, we'll break down what's happening with that situation we also I thought got some really interesting rumors about the plot for Daredevil Born Again that's gonna be the the revival of the of the Netflix show, but a, a different show being created by Marvel and Disney Plus. So we'll learn about what exactly Wilson Fisk is up to in this upcoming uh, series with Disney Plus, and what is Frank Castle up to in the show because he is reported to be coming back uh, in that show as well. So we'll discuss that, and we'll also discuss more Secret War stuff. We have some pretty big name actors being approached to be a part of the film. We have Hugh Jackman reportedly being asked to be a, a, a centerpiece, a big part in the movie. So we'll discuss all that and more on this episode of Hear a Talk. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, what's up, man? How you feel? What's up, EJ? I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, you know, glad to be on the show, as always. Um, you know, talking the latest superhero news and... and uh, the things that we're hearing, things that we're seeing online. Um, looking forward to talking about Blue Beetle. You know, uh, I feel like uh, that's a big one, one that we've been discussing um, often in a joking sense <laughs> for several years now, uh, many, many years now. Um, how we're getting a Blue Beetle movie, and it's coming out, and it can't, it's coming out. It, it, it uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this, it already came out. So, um, yeah, we're going to see it and we'll talk about it. And um, I'm looking forward to that. Just this the pregame for that. Yeah, we'll definitely have a Blue Beetle review ready for you guys uh, next week or soon after that. So make sure you guys keep your eyes and ears peeled for when that drops. Uh, Kendall Stewart also on the podcast as well. What's up, Kendall? I know prior to this episode, we talked about, you know, topics for this show. And when we were talking about what we should talk about, there was the latest rumors of who's going to be in a Fantastic Four. And as I told you, I can't talk about the Fantastic Four anymore. Um, there was a rumor that uh, it would be Joseph Quinn who will be uh, maybe the Human Torch in this movie. But uh, to be honest, with the way we've heard who's going to be in it, who's not going to be in it, who said they're going to be in it, then change their mind. Like, I just can't do any more with the Fantastic Four stuff until we actually get concrete stuff, which is crazy considering we're getting concrete stuff from DC for movies that are nowhere near close to being done or being shot or being created and yet marvel for movie that has already been announced we still sit here in the dark knowing not knowing what's going on yeah i mean obviously uh the things that we've heard uh about this joseph quinn thing that makes you think that like you know we shouldn't spend too much time talking about it is the reception hasn't been that positive from the fans and obviously given that we're in the strike sounds like that deal was not done before the strike uh it doesn't mean that 
these actors don't have agents that are negotiating on their behalf during the strike. But it's like an NBA when you have the guys that you know can't yeah, the time where you can't negotiate or there's a lot yeah, the moratorium. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, there's deals getting done. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think these guys are signing at midnight? You know, they're figuring it out <laughs> that day. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, obviously, this thing could have come together during the strike, but. Uh, nothing's been signed on the dotted line. And as James Harden learned this week, uh, so something is in paper and in writing, things can change and offers can be rescinded. So um, <laughs> I think it's very possible that maybe Quinn does not end up Johnny Storm, given that there hasn't been that much fanfare and audience reaction that's been positive, uh, especially given the, the Jack Quaid announcement came like 20 minutes before that. Uh, this is all from Jack, from uh, what we call Jeff Snyder. And he announced Jack Wade first, and people were like going going nuts through the roof, excited. And then twenty minutes later, he's like, "Oh, it's the wrong JQ. It's Joseph Quinn, actually." <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, this thing." So, um, so yeah, we'll 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 uh, like you said, we'll hold off on on giving any real uh, in depth reaction to him possibly playing Human Torch. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty worn out with that. Uh, I've me all of us plus our brother Henry. We've gone on. Uh, and heard ourselves go on the Marvel is Dead manifesto and, you know, where are the X-Men and where are the Fantastic Four? There won't be too much of that on this show. There will be some of it. Just I'm sure when we get to getting... the Secret Wars conversation, some yeah, of that will, yeah. will surface well, some again, of that will, but... will overlap. Uh, <laughs> we got the X-Men 97 theme ready to play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in oh, case oh, yeah. in case we need it, but but yeah, no. <laughs> This this is uh not the uh, this if you're if you're waiting to hear if you want to hear the is Marvel watched conversation that was last episode yes uh, and guys it's been probably the last five or six episodes we've done I yes we've and been it'll be Marvel recently yeah <laughs> and it'll continue to be the, the 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 main topic of conversation when it comes to Marvel Studios until uh, at least until the Marvels comes out yeah and God help them if the Marvels is gonna be there saving grace here but hey you never know how these things go and we'll be talking again about marvel later on in this episode but we're going to begin with the latest dc project that's going to be hitting theaters it'll be out by the time most of you listen to this podcast blue beetle debuts in theaters this weekend it is opening to some generally positive reviews it currently has a 82 percent score on rotten tomatoes many have credited the film for its representation of Latin culture with Alberto Gonzalez of the rap saying, "Quote: Blue Beetle is here for Latin here and Latinos finally have a superhero of their own reflected on the big screen. The film is so incredibly good, so unique, and delivers on all fronts, giving the superhero genre much needed saison." Also, Dan Jolin of Empire writes, "Blue Beetle owes a lot to the sheer width." wit and warmth of its supporting cast which will earn it far more approval than its so-so cg antics and origin story familiarity yeah Alyssa mora of ign right under angel manuel soto's direction blue beetle a superhero movie that sets itself apart within the bloated genre through the deeply connected bonds of jaime ray jaime and the reyes family and despite what appears to be a critical win for dc Blue Beetle is not expected to be a juggernaut at the box office. Uh, right now, you got projections sitting between 28 and $32 million for an opening weekend in the U.S. So not that impressive on that front. The movie was a $125 million movie to make, so it doesn't necessarily put them out of the realm of possibility of making some kind of profit from it. But nonetheless, this would not be a box office smash. But 
seems like a, a potential critical success for DC. So I'll toss this over to Sham here. Um, are you surprised by the positive response of Blue Beetle thus far? Um, not really. Um, honestly, um, I mean the trailer or, or trailer trailers, I, I suppose, but trailer that was one main trailer um, that we got looked good. You know, it, it, it at this point, uh, I I can't say I'm too shocked. Um, like I said, the trailer looked good. It is, um, it is the first, uh, you know, kind of the first, especially the first superhero movie with neither most or all Latino cast, and that is, you know, um, you know, that's bound to make it stand out. And that's a landmark in itself. Um, and it seems like the supporting cast is very charismatic and and can help, you know, if the main story, for whatever reason, is enough to capture people. It seems like this, the supporting cast does a lot to do that um, as well. So, I mean, it's not too, at this point, it's not too surprising. And I, and I think, excuse me, while their marketing probably, it wasn't marketed as much as it should have been. I thought the little marketing they did um, they did well. Um, uh, also, uh, just in terms of it caught my attention, and and I think Blue Beetle looks very good. Like the character itself looks very good. So no, I wouldn't say it's too surprising that that the movie is good. It's solid. Um, I also think. I mean, part of me also wonders, and, and of course I'm, you know, I feel like I've kind of had a trend of bucking the critics lately i'm wondering if the critics are quote unquote the critics you know if you kind of put them all in a, in a, <laughs> right. in a bubble uh are coming around a little bit to listen these superhero movies we're not expecting oppenheimer you know we're not expecting you know some kind of drama we're not expecting les mis or some kind of you know artsy we're not expecting that we're not i'm not going to a superhero movie expecting that fans you're audiences don't go to these movies expecting that (laughs) they go to these movies can i can i on on some level and it's different levels for everybody but can i get popcorn turn my brain off smile and have fun watching this right like that's it's escapism right you know it's like the critics they're there to seriously critically analyze these movies and their regular audience person just is not and, uh, you know, they're just trying to enjoy themselves. Now, something is so nonsensical that you can't. That's another level. But it, but they're just there to, hey, you know, this is piqued my interest. So I feel like there's just been a very significant disconnect between the audience and the critics lately. And I'm wondering if part of this is also critics kind of coming around and saying, listen, this movie is trying to do something different. You know, it's trying to be fun. It's it's it is breaking boundaries you know the main character looks cool he has cool powers you know i mean it's good enough right so so you know it's not worth bashing is it fun did you enjoy yourself is it is it what does, does it serve as escapism for you and if it does then they should give it a, a mark of approval and, and maybe this is a sign of that uh, so i wonder if that is playing a part here as well I tell you what, uh, I think Shamari made a lot of interesting points there. Kind of, I thought I thought Shamari's point on the critics and the fans separation is interesting because, in some ways, 
I feel like superhero movies in some ways I think don't think get I think critics have decided that they are kind of done with this and they're kind of tired of this thing and that they do in fact in fact believe in the superhero fatigue or, or maybe they're just experiencing it themselves given this is their job to have to see every single one of these but it, it does feel like you know superhero movies in some ways are damned if you do damned if you don't like you know a movie like Joker you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score on that I mean it's not as high as you would think for a movie that you know has some Oscar nominees uh, involved with it like that movie i believe sits around the 60s in terms of <laughs> rotten tomatoes so you can try to make an artsy kind of you know you would think critical darling and that doesn't get received the way you would like and you can make a move some of these movies that are a little more again popcorn blow up you know spectacle kind of movie and those don't get accepted so in some ways i think that maybe a little bias that's been happening of late with how superhero movies are graded but what is your perspective on the positive reaction you've seen from blue beetle Kendall? Not sure if Kendall is muted or not. Kendall, you there? Uh, oh, yeah, Kendall, hello. you're muted. Yeah, 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 you're muted, Kendall. Sorry about that. You... <laughs> I was muted. Yeah, Apologies. yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, your thoughts on, on the on the reception to Blue Beetle? Yeah, no, Blue Beetle... Um... I, look, I feel like Blue Beetles. Uh, Shamari made a lot of good points there. Um, I think the thing that is most interesting about the Blue Beetle situation is, um, like we talk about in this day and age, obviously superhero fatigue seems to be a common theme amongst these movies that have been releasing and maybe not doing as well as they expected in the box office. But I think um, the thing that makes Blue Beetle a project and a movie that checks a lot of the boxes of things you want to see in a superhero movie nowadays is like Shamari said, it's something that is different. Um, I don't know if it is more, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's going to be any deeper or more serious than Shazam two was, uh, or I still haven't seen that movie. Fair enough. Uh, or like, seen it um, you know, I but I feel like, that I feel like that is the perfect example of a movie that didn't need to be made. Um mm-hmm. just based off of what the audience's palette was for Shazam 2. Was there an audience there? Well, like, was there a large group of people that you thought would see this movie? Like I don't like I don't know if there are Shazam fans out there, I'm I guarantee you there they are out there. They're a small number. At least that is the uh appearance online. And sometimes the online mobs aren't everything, but like they, I will say, there are Captain Marvel fans. Arguably, those are the same thing. Captain Marvel, Shazam, however you want to look at it. But uh, there are Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers fans out there. Not as much. More. There are tons of Miss Marvel fans. Um, I don't know about Shazam, but like when you're talking about Blue Beetle, this is a movie that has potential to have uh, a, to to reach a wide audience of people, um, and a project that again is never before seen. When you talk about uh, a Latino-led superhero movie, and so yes, this is gonna uh, reach a wide audience, and I also feel like what it is doing that separates itself from, say, like Black Adam, for example, because you could argue, oh, well, Black Adam, you know, superhero movie with The Rock, like that—that's also groundbreaking in and of itself. But the problem with a movie like Black Adam, or even uh, The Flash to a degree, is I think that those movies. Um, 
they set too high of a bar for themselves. They set too high of a, of a, of, a, of an idea that they were going to be these groundbreaking, world changing movies, and people went into it with these expectations. Even if like you naturally didn't go into those expectations, it was sort of you're sort of still viewing it from that lens of this is supposed to be really good and really serious. Um, as opposed to kind of just going in, like Shamari said, and shutting your brain off and just saying, whatever, uh, this is just super a movie, just enjoy it. Certain things may not make sense, certain things may not look great, but it's not the point. Um, with this movie, I feel like people are going in with a lesser expectation. People aren't going in expecting this is going to, because then, like, I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to like this villain. Whatever her name is, something Cord, she's related to Tech Cord. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to like her. I could be wrong, but I've seen too many of these villains. That are like the, these Darren Cross type characters that just they're pro- they're not that great, but boy, I don't really, think this uh, movie's not yeah, Victoria Cord and boy, you really yeah uh, Victoria. This is some uh, Susan Sarandon slander happening. <laughs> like, I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah. that, that, that villain character Cord, whatever her name is, I'm probably not gonna like her. It, it, it's 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 never a good sign for a movie, as is the case with the Marvels, where they don't. They very rarely promote the villain of the movie as like a part of the movie in the trailers. Um, it was also not a good time for Shazam One. <laughs> you know, like that 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 that's a that's something that we see a lot uh, in movies that have bad villains. This seems like that'll be the case. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. She might be a great character, but um, but it doesn't matter. You know, like that's not what this movie is about. Uh, so like again, but if I'm if 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 I came in with this expectation that. You know, if James Gunn was like, yeah, this is the greatest superhero movie ever made, well, then now that villain's got to be incredible because, you know, if we're talking about it, comparing, you start comparing it to Dark Knight. I'm not comparing it to Dark Knight when I'm going to go see this movie. I'm I'm just going to watch it. Um, to me, the other thing this illustrates is that, look, this is another example, and this not to get into any sort of bash Marvel thing because this has nothing to do with Marvel Studios' current uh, struggles. This is just a thing that Marvel has had trouble with. Uh, since the iteration of Marvel Studios, but this is another situation where DC has beat Marvel to the punch on a certain uh, genre of movies or a certain demographic that it's hitting because, um, you know, Marvel has had opportunities to introduce Latino superheroes. You could argue, you know, yeah, we introduced America Chavez and, uh, you know, I mean, we'll talk about... Um, you know, we had our our guy in Ant Man. You know, uh, Michael Pena. You know, but um, but but an actual serious superhero that is leading his leading their own movie um, that hasn't happened yet uh, with a Hispanic superhero, uh, Marvel or DC. So they beat him to the punch. They could have done. They, I mean, not only could have, they probably should have done uh sam alexander's nova at this point they've had right. multiple opportunities and there's rumors they're that the nova, this... the nova project they were doing has been scrapped that was a rumor i saw on the internet today as we were preparing for the show <laughs> Which opens, I, mean, I know it opens a whole other can of work but we're on i was gonna say yes. i was like do i do i go on the tangent i'll, I'll stay away from the tangent but there's so many, <laughs> that, so many areas i can go there where i'm like at nova like <laughs> oh but they're keeping agatha like i don't know and instead, we're getting um, Echo. I mean, yeah, exactly. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's going to be their, their, you know, foray. But it's just like, it's just one that people that didn't ask for. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah there, there's, there's been plenty of opportunities to introduce Nova and other projects. 
we've had multiple Guardians movies, Captain Marvel, however you want to have wanted to do it. And they've chosen not to. And uh, that's fine. You know, I'm not saying like that was like a, I was I would have liked to have seen it. I think that's a character that if you make a, you know, I saw like a, a, a concept for a Nova, the human rocket, you know, you know, like title card. Like, I feel like that makes money. You know, you sell it like pick a good actor. But uh, that's not the area they wanted to go. And DC's beat them to the punch. And if Blue, I don't know what kind of money Blue Beetle's going to make. We've already talked about that. Probably not a lot. But um, but honestly, I don't know if that matters. If this is a character that people really, really enjoy and will support uh, critically, I think that this is a brand that still has uh, that has some life even after maybe a bad first movie in the box office. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean... In some ways, when I look at Blue Beetle and its success, or the critical success at least, and how that just poses with a box office opening that isn't all that impressive, potentially we'll see what happens. But this is what we're seeing so far. It just kind of, it kind of, it kind of pisses me off because I know some of it. Maybe you know there was so much money, maybe literally billions riding on 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 what was happening with the Flash, but we saw how much energy went into the promotion for the flash a movie that we all saw and was okay it wasn't terrible it wasn't bad but was it the greatest superhero movie of all time certainly not and all the promotion that went into that you know yeah blue beetle that got yo-yoed around and was first hbo max and you put it on the big screen but then the marketing campaign for it is you know 10 percent of what they were doing for the flash and it appears to be a much better movie from what we're hearing than The Flash. And the fact that, that it didn't get more love when it probably needed it. Like, to be honest, I know in some ways, you know, the Ezra Miller stuff really kneecapped DC but in Warner and Warner Discovery. But, like, The Flash with Michael Keaton coming back as Batman really just sells itself. Like, if you can't sell that movie, then I don't know something's wrong with you. Like... This is the kind of movie that does need that kind of marketing campaign. And the fact that there wasn't more creativity and more effort behind it is frustrating because, unfortunately, we see this often with POC-led movies, POC-directed movies, where they don't get that same uh, monetary capital when it comes to uh, support for the promotion of it. So to hear, you know, this, you know, it was funny because I felt like the all the commentary online was that oh blue beetle's gonna suck which i don't really like there was it wasn't like those trailers were amazing but there was like there was no nothing obvious that said oh this movie's gonna be awful but it just seemed like because dc treated it like it was third rate that people just assumed it was third rate and then you see it and you're like oh this is great and shamari said how you're not surprised i am surprised but i shouldn't be like i've told you guys how great director on how manuel soto is like Charm City is uh, Kings is one of my favorite recent movies made in the last five to ten years. Like, I know he's a great director. The cast is is really strong. There was no reason why this movie, and we talked for years about how Blue Beetle has the potential to be a really big hit if they did everything right. So why do we think that this cast and this director and everybody working involved with this couldn't make this right? It's all DC's fault, really. You know, some way this is kind of like a we're in a weird kind of transitional period. So I don't know if there's really anyone to point the blame to directly. 
I, I would say maybe it's it's, it's Zaslav if, if you're going to point to anybody because he's the head of everything and he could maybe foreseen a better promotional campaign. But I'm just, it's, just, it's just disappointing that like this didn't get more love and therefore won't get the kind of box office probably it should. Now, the projections are higher than they were even a couple weeks ago because of the good word of mouth. So that's a positive. Hopefully, the movie can get more people to come out and see it. But it's like between what we saw with Secret Invasion and then what happened with The Flash. Like, I just think like this feels like the movie that is being really um, punished for the, like, whatever superhero fatigue thing people want to talk about. It's like, I feel like a lot of critics and fans, a lot of people have said, enough, enough with this superhero stuff. Like, I'm drawing a line at Blue Beetle. And they shouldn't. Like, like they should have drew a line at a lot of other stuff. But this should be should have been the one that actually they invested in and should have supported and so I'm hoping maybe they can get a better box office draw than this, but I, I'm surprised only because of how the the narrative create the narrative that was created over the last few months built to this all of a sudden being really good. I'm not necessarily surprised by the creatives involved because they're all very talented. Well, I mean, I'm I mean I'm surprised. I guess I'm still surprised this movie even came out because I remember we were talking about this years ago with like booster gold um which i guess is aren't we getting something booster gold now with 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 uh james guns dc that's a yeah. i don't i do, i don't i don't for whatever reason i don't remember that dc are we getting like a show or something like that should uh i want to say yes but don't quote me on that okay. and i'll know in like a second as i look this up <laughs> um by the way yes we're getting a tv show announced by james gunn so you were right on the okay. line yep there you go. Uh, yeah. It'll be on Max. Um, so we are getting Booster Gold. So we're still going to be having that conversation. Um, but I remember us talking about that ages ago, and just being like, "What are we? What is DC doing?" You know, we're talking about Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, and yeah, yeah. They're, well, so much of the problem with the DC because my issue was never them doing Blue Beetle. I, I always said like the character, great costume, Latinx representation. Yes. My issue was like it was among Nightwing and Batgirl and all these different. In some ways, again, like we said in the past, like DC Marvel really have flipped. Like it was yeah. like DC was announcing all these things they were doing, or there was rumors they were going to trade with these projects they were going to make. You knew there was no way they could, they could make half of them because of just the volume and like the lack of focus in them. It was like they were just anything, any idea that came up, it seemed like they were just running to a trade to tell them that it was going to happen. So Blue Beetle felt like it was in that class with all these other projects a black superman cartoon a black superman movie and then a black superman tv show like it was like <laughs> i'm sorry like i know like hamada is a polarizing figure and i think he did some good things but some of this stuff got so ridiculous when he took over with just that it was just green light and everything but then not actually creating a lot of the stuff yeah yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, still, yeah, I mean, even so, I'm glad that this is, is um, you know, seems to have been made well. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I am not too. I'm um, really excited now, which I wasn't very, before these reviews. Yes. And and I'm very, though I agree with you that I'm, I'm upset that it's not getting promoted. I can't even see it in IMAX. The, the IMAX theater that's near me. Isn't showing it in IMAX. That's wild. um, 
you told me. I don't know what they're showing. I don't know if they're still showing Barbie or Oppenheimer or whatever, but this is not being shown at IMAX. Um, so I would have to like really travel to see this at IMAX. So um, I might be seeing this. They, they, I mean, I might. Um, I'll just have to look and see what the next best thing is. But uh, but yeah, it's a shame um, that you know they're just really not pushing it. Kendall, there's now the aftermath of whatever this is going to be from a box office and critical standpoint for the future of the franchise. I mean, James Gunn has said that, you know, Jaime Reyes and this portrayal of him is going to be in addition to the DC universe he is creating. Um, I can't imagine a movie. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen over there, but I can't imagine a movie that opens to $28, $32 million gets a sequel. But I guess other there have been surprises before with the, what gets the sequel. I mean, how? What is the best usage for Jaime Reyes? And we'll maybe have a better picture once we actually watch this film. But what is the future for Jaime Reyes beyond this? If indeed there is one, according to James Gunn, when you have a movie that's not necessarily a you know box office blockbuster. Yeah, it's such an interesting question. Um, because like you said, we've heard first DCU character, not a DCU movie. Um, it's it's so interesting. I mean, like, you, you know, do we get a sequel? Like you said, history and math and numbers would suggest probably not. Um, but this is a very unique situation. They didn't actually make this movie like 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 we, like James Gunn, uh, you know, pointed out. So it's very possible that they feel like with their own, you know, sizzle on it, that they could turn this into a money-making franchise. Um, And this is also a very unique situation where the strike and everything else and superhero fatigue, that they could argue a sequel would do better. Um, I think that there is serious potential for this character um, in other projects as well. I mean, obviously, you talked about a Booster Gold show coming out. Now, obviously... Booster Gold and Blue Beetle uh, is usually uh, particularly involving Ted Cord. So, is that something that gets fleshed out? Do you have Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes? Do you uh, spin that story into a Jaime Reyes and Booster Gold story somehow? Um, that Ted Cord is somehow involved in potentially? Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, is there room to have Jaime Reyes in other projects? I mean, we, you know, we talk about the Marvel DC, you know, space race to certain projects and certain because we know that Marvel and DC, again, have a bunch of copycat concepts and characters uh, and a lot of characters with a lot of similarities. Uh, and the one thing that neither one of them has done yet is a Teen Titans, Young Avengers right. style show or a uh, movie rather. Um, and if you decided to do something of that nature, a Young Justice or a Teen Titans uh, concept. Uh, Jaime Reyes makes a lot of sense. He's not traditionally on the Teen Titans, but um, could certainly uh, put him on there. Uh, and that would be somebody that already has, even though the character isn't A-list, already has uh, box office, uh, you know, even though the, the numbers might not be there. People will recognize the name, they'd recognize the actor, they recognize the character. Be like, oh, yeah, Blue Beetle. We know that is. He's in this movie? Okay. Very Marvel-like to have that character with brand recognition that you could throw in there. 
Um, similar to throwing a, a Viola Davis in something, you know, as Amanda Waller. I know who that is, or, or Harley Quinn in right. Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. You know, I've seen her before. So, um, so yeah, 100%. I think that there's areas that you can use Jaime Reyes where uh, it makes sense. I hesitate when you start talking about Justice League, stuff like that. I mean, you could do it. Um, I'm also not huge on the alien thing too much. Uh, and I feel like if you put him in something Justice League, that would mean that you're probably leaning on like maybe an alien level villain for like a you know like we saw in Young Justice with like the Black Beetle stuff and like you may be able to to to, to spin that and obviously in that show was done excellently but um but I, I hesitate in terms of a, but they're not doing Justice League right now so I don't know like I don't think that would be in their immediate plan but those are some options uh, for sure as as, as possibilities uh, for his character and I think that you know I think you could argue that they may view him I don't want to say they view him as their Spider-Man but you know that that's something to think about I think a lot of people saw similarities to Spider-Man in, tra- in the trailers yeah it will be it will be uh, an interesting interesting character and franchise to follow but Blue Beetle shout out to everybody involved in the movie can't wait to see it again we'll give you guys a review of the movie once we're able to check it out but staying with DC Fans were stunned when headlines crossed that Gal Gadot will be returning as Princess Diana to do a third installment of the Wonder Woman franchise under the guidance of James Gunn and Peter Saffron. But it appears that that wasn't true at all. So, the comments that sent everyone into frenzy first came from an interview published by comicbook.com where the actress said, quote, I love playing Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot said, "Uh, it's so close uh, and dear to my heart from what I've heard from James and from Peter. That's what we're develop- We're going to develop a Wonder Woman 3 together. Uh, she said that during an interview that was recorded and done in June. That was before the actors strike. Now, for context, essentially none of these actors are doing press for movies that they're promoting or much press at all uh, during this period of the strike unless they're doing press, of course, to, to promote the strike that's happening. So these comments made in June. Again, which said, uh, from what I've heard from James and from Peter, is that we're going to develop a Wonder Woman 3 together. Then, uh, a recently published profile that was from Flaunt Magazine, Gadot kind of added fuel to that, saying, I was invited to a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Saffron, and what they told me, and I'm quoting, so this is her saying she's quoting them, saying, quote, you're in the best hands, we're going to develop Wonder Woman 3 with you, we love you as Wonder Woman, you got nothing to worry about, so time will tell. Very interesting, <laughs> considering uh, Variety came out and their sources came and told Variety that a third Wonder Woman film is not in development at DC Studios, nor do Gunn and Saffron have plans at this time for any Wonder Woman project in the DC universe other than their previously announced Paradise Lost prequel series that will be on Max. Uh, the source also told Variety nothing was ever promised to Gadot regarding One Woman 3, nor was there any definitive discussion of Gadot's One Woman continuing with the new DC Universe. So, very weird situation, Kendall. If you had, at least, it's weird to me. I don't know if you found it weird. Where you have Gadot, okay, maybe it wasn't this week or this past week where a lot of people thought these were very new comments. Okay, these comments probably happening June or sometime before then, but still, long enough since Gunn and Saffron had 
kind of put their plans in place to what they were going to do. So it's not like this is her talking last year where, you know, they just got high and you don't know what's going on. Like, this is after, we think, oh, definitely during the comicbook.com series, this is after the the, the slate is revealed. And, and she's saying that Gunn and Saffron telling her that they'll be doing Wonder Woman 3 together with her involved. And now you got them, or at least sources, I assume close to them, they said it was closest, you know, closest situation was, I think, the way the Variety put it. Saying that no promises were made, no discussion about Gadot continuing as Wonder Woman in their universe. What the hell is going on, Kendall? Oh man, yeah, this is a messy situation, EJ. Um, this, uh, and I mean, obviously, EJ, you have a you have a journalism background. Uh, I think it's very clear what's happening here. Um, Clearly, I think Gunn and Saffron are going to these trades and telling them to get it out there in bold letters. We are not making Wonder Woman 3 right now. Um, why? It's hard to tell the motive. I mean, besides them saying, like, well, we're not making it, so I don't want people to think that we're making it right now. Because um, that defeats the purpose. <laughs> you know, it's just misinformation. But right. um, I think it's interesting that, like, James Gunn, who is classically, you know, Mr. You know, if I don't say it, it's not true. Yeah. Uh, not afraid to go on Twitter and, and talk yeah. about what's true and what's not yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I find it interesting that he's decided uh, that this isn't the this isn't the fight to pick on Twitter or X or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, at this one, he's like, uh, you know, we'll leave it to the uh, uh, we'll leave so, it to the trade. The sources, to, the sources close to the situation. To yeah. Tell the story. Like even because because then Collider has they're like yeah we have a source too that's telling us this and it's like what like, who's just deciding I'm gonna pick up the phone and go it can't be Gal Gadot or her agents like that doesn't make any sense so then it has to be the studio those would be the only two parties that 100%. should know that this is a thing um and and the, and in Collider's article they say uh you know sources uh <laughs> we have separate sources that are basically corroborating that have confirmed and echoed Variety's subsequent reporting on the matter. Uh, but no spokesperson for the studio has released an official statement com- <laughs> explaining the circumstances and around Saffron. how many Saffron times have we had this conversation on this podcast right. where I told you guys, now, again, Kendall mentioned my journalism background, master's in journalism. If you yes. ever want to know where a source quote is coming from, read the next statement or comment that comes in the next paragraph. Yeah, The whole... Sources say this, and the next paragraph says, no official word or no comment was given by blank from a sp- person. <laughs> it probably was from that person or from that entity. Right. It's like, why almost 85% no sure. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, that was even more intense where it was like, no quote-unquote official comment. I mean, <laughs> uh, come on. So DC is telling them this. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, that, that – uh, what <laughs> – what happened? Like, what's happening here? I don't know. It's it's borderline sad because I personally, I think most people enjoy the Wonder Woman, the Gaga Dot Wonder Woman. Um, obviously, the first movie is historic. It's legendary. Uh, it's a great, great movie. Um, you know, second movie. I actually like the second movie. I think more than a lot of people. I don't love the first one maybe as much as yeah. you know. In terms of saying it's you know a Mount Rushmore film or anything like that, um, but. 
I think that, but I I actually ended up. I think the second one gets panned as a as an awful movie, and I just feel like I've seen awful movies. That one that movie's not awful. It's 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 okay, you know, it's whatever, but it's not nearly as good as the first one. But it's not awful. But uh, and then she's had some, you know, some mid appearances in other films. Uh, this last one in the Flash, you know, put it in the toilet. But like, you know, although I do like, <laughs> I'll always remember the and love the the Wonder Woman theme. Song so anytime you play uh, that yeah, movie, score be, is awesome. Yeah, uh, it, you know, excited anyway. But but yeah, no. Uh, she's had some, some some moments that people have kind of panned, and I get it. Uh, but I don't think that. But I don't want to see this play out like this. Uh, what's curious is, do you think that they are planning? What do you think they're planning with Wonder Woman? Like straight up, do you think that they are planning a potential <sighs> yeah. recast? Do you think that their initial plan was, well, we don't really don't know. We may just keep Gal, and, and or do they think are they worried about confusing people and saying we just need to blow it up? Because I think they'll use her at some point. They're doing this Paradise Lost show, which they keep reiterating in these official, non-official statements that yeah, we're doing Paradise Lost. That's still in development, but not any sort of Wonder Woman three. Yeah, that's a great question, Kendall. Like to me, mm-hmm. Sham. I, there's a couple of things that could be happening here. We could be literally, Kendall mentioned James Harden earlier, and, you know, maybe this is a note that maybe we're itching to get back to doing sports talk on this podcast network. But, like, this could be a James Harden situation happening right before our eyes. This could be a gun told them, told Gal that she would be part of the future of DCU. And because Gal heard her from the head of DCU, she thought she could say that to other folks and feel confident in it, and maybe Gunn thought that, and maybe changed his mind, maybe he wasn't so sure, maybe he said that to kind of quell the wars at that time, to knowing that it would be a big story if they announced that they were essentially firing Gal Gadot. I don't know what, what, what situation would that would lie into, but that could very well be what's happening here as well. The other thing I see, Sham, is this could essentially be Gunn and Saffron feeling like there is value in them, from a promotional standpoint, making the announcement that Gal Gadot will be back for Wonder Woman 3, and they do not want Gal Gadot, a random Gal Gadot article in Flaunt or a random comicbook.com article where she's promoting an entirely different movie in both articles to be... How it gets word gets out that that Wonder Woman three is happening and it's gonna be Gal Gadot. Uh, to me, those are those are the two options. One is the 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 former is extremely awkward and could get extremely combative and will be very fascinating to follow how that works if that is indeed the case that they told something that wasn't true and then she's going out there saying that. The second is a lot more believe not a lot less combative and you know will be smoothed over with time. We just don't know. But those are the two main options. I guess there's a third option that Gal Gadot is trying to pull basically a rock and, and kind of do her own version of a hostile takeover. Maybe not necessarily with the whole DC Universe, but of the Wonder Woman franchise by putting this out there. I mean, it, I, to be honest, I don't think it got the reception. Maybe even she, if that was her master plan, I don't, I have no idea what her master, if that was the case. It didn't get this like overwhelming positive reception that Gal Gadot going back do Wonder Woman 3. It was, I'd say, maybe 65, 35 positive, maybe? 60, 40 positive? Like, there's... Some people don't do not like Gal Gadot 
for reasons that have something that had nothing to do with Wonder Woman. But I think that it could have been her saying, let me get ahead of this and make it very difficult for them to cast somebody else when I'm saying that I'm still going to do Wonder Woman. In fact, they've already told me I'm going to be Wonder Woman. So to me, those are your three options. I'm very, I'm curious to see which one ends up being the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Um, I, I mean, I would hope that there isn't, this isn't like a combative, uh, type of situation. Uh, neither James Gunn nor I don't know much about Saffron. So, you know, I mean, he's like, I guess, you know, the money business side and which, you know, we don't really talk very much about, but it is a very important side. I mean, I'm sure he has as much say as Gunn more than likely in a lot of what happens because, I mean, you know, Zaslov doesn't care. I wouldn't imagine much about the creative side. He w- He wants the business to run well. So it's, it's, it's the model we always talk about is, you know, there's a there's a CEO, but then they James Gunn is only creative. Yes. He doesn't care about that stuff. I mean, he has to think about it, but <laughs> it's not yeah. his job. Yeah. So, you know, so I don't know if Saffron can be kind of like the hard edge kind of, you know, person. But I mean, Gunn, at least at least uh, from, you know, just in terms of appearances uh doesn't seem like that kind of uh you know leader or just that kind of guy i mean i don't know he doesn't at least he doesn't you know having listened to him talk in various different places yeah um you know um we haven't heard about him being a monster on set either or anything as as a director so uh you know um and Gal Gadot seems seems very nice as well. So I, um, so I don't know. I, I you know I would hope that is nothing you know very, very not like as a nasty kind of Harden, <laughs> uh, James Harden situation. Um, I'm I am surprised that this that Gunn has been because he's been so transparent, um, and very quick to squash rumors about stuff. Mm-hmm. He's let. He's let very few things kind of just go. Fester, and he's yeah. just letting this run wild. So it's very interesting. Yeah, so it tells me that there's that something is going on. Either discussions, things that, you know, he doesn't want to confirm or deny at this point regarding Wonder Woman. Um, it's probably very much in progress, not finalized, and like discussions are being had. That's what that's what my guess would be in terms of why he's not saying anything is because he doesn't want to uh, uh, negatively impact whatever discussions are being had by by getting, um, you know, just the public and the media all of a sudden involved um, just through his transparency. Real quickly, one word answer. Should Gal Gadot be brought back by DC, Sham? Yes. Okay. I mean, I I enjoyed Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Um, you know, same answer. I mean, you know, I I didn't dislike the Snyderverse. <laughs> so right. right. Yes. So I yeah, I think you know, I don't think they should recast Superman. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Um, that's the slippery slope. Uh, 
That's the slippery slope. I mean, yeah, because I, I should they bring her back? You know, it, it's so tough. I mean, I I would say yes, but like if you say no, which is not a terrible answer, I don't think there is a wrong answer. But if you say no, then what do you do with Aquaman? Like, is Aquaman the only one that you recast, or are you casting right. everybody? I think I think if you keep Aquaman, you keep Wonder Woman. Uh, but then now, how are the Superman people going to feel? And you start confusing people. It's like there's a new Superman, but there's the but Aquaman and Wonder Woman are the same. But there's a, a new Batman. Is there a new Batman? We don't know who Batman is. I don't know. But like that, that then becomes the confusing part, um, which is why I feel like clean slate is the easiest way. But they just they're not talking a whole lot about what the deal is with Aquaman. Honestly, I feel like Aquaman two is probably going to not do that well, and it'll make their decision easier. But also, this is the way DC. DC made their bed with the way they were making these movies in the DCEU. They were very, very actor-friendly, actor-driven. Marvel has never really been like that. Very rarely, like, the the biggest, like, the most actor-driven, besides, like, the big, you know, you know Robert Downey Jr. or some, stuff like that, like, the most actor-driven project I feel like we've seen is, is like, Black Widow. Where, like, yeah, Scott, Scarlett Johansson, like, that is the character. You can't, you can't just recast or, you know... Wonder Woman, like, like, but the rest of these characters, like, if Marvel, that's what people are talking about. Like, should Marvel just blow it up and reboot now? If you did, if they did that, for the most part, pe- there aren't that many characters that they would lose where people would be like, oh my god, like, you know, we lost this actor playing this character, so and so. Like, that is, um, but DC made it where that to made it to where that's hard. So that'll be interesting. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm hoping uh, we are getting that. Uh, you know, that New York Comic Con panel where, you know, Gal Gadot is uh, on stage, Hall, uh, Hall H, and she's like, uh, James Gunn is a liar, and I'm never going to work <laughs> under DC Studios ever again while he's there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we definitely need to get back in here on Sports Talk, clearly. But, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting situation uh, to continue to follow. So let's go, uh, let's go over to Marvel's side. So. Uh, Matt Murdock returning to the small screen most likely next year when Marvel debuts Daredevil Born Again on Disney+. And we're getting some plot rumors for what could be key points in the show. So, according to Murphy's Multiverse, the show will center around Wilson Fisk's run for New York City mayor and his agenda to crack down on the city's street-level vigilantes like Daredevil, Spider-Man, Punisher, and an unnamed Matt Murdock client as well. So, speaking on The Punisher... The show will also show Frank Castle on a quest to target racist police officers who are appropriating his logo, something that, quite frankly, has been something we've seen in the current times, in the real times, when it comes to the Punisher logo and what it kind of represents in our current American culture. And then there are the rumors of the whereabouts of Foggy Nelson and Karen Page. Apparently, it actually will be a plot point in the story. Murphy's Multiverse described the reports that neither character from the Netflix series will appear in the show as, quote, mostly true, which I found interesting. Um, It says uh, their absence from the series is one of the opening arc's most important plot points. The site adds that any scene shot by Foggy Nelson actor Eldon Henson would be used as flashbacks or to explain his absence from Hell's Kitchen. So, Sham, before I go back to the Foggy and Karen stuff, um, and even the King, uh, the Punisher stuff, Kingpin motive right off the bat, he's running for mayor. 
his agenda to crack down on street level vigilantes. Daredevil, Spider-Man, Punisher. You like it? What do you think of it? What do you think, Vishen? He might be he might be muted again. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Okay, I like it. I mean, it sounds like a comic book. Um, that I very much like. I'm a fan of that. I, you know, um, you know, I definitely can see, you know, D'Onofrio's uh, Kingpin doing such a thing. It sounds like something that I I could watch, uh, however many episodes um about so i am i'm a fan of that i think it's cool um i also really like um the punisher angle it sounds a lot like watchmen Mm -hmm. um which i very much enjoyed so i'm a fan of that as well um and by watchmen the tv show that not so much right yeah the uh graphic novel or movie um but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so far, I'm a fan of uh, these ideas. So I, you know, I'm all for it. Again, I just, I'm just leery about the the, uh, you know, very much super powered, uh, more powerful um, versions of Kingpin and Daredevil uh, that we have, and just how that will translate compared to the versions that we had before um but um but that remains to be seen but this i i haven't heard anything that i dislike so far so i'm so that's what i'm looking forward to all right what, what do you what are you thinking kendall how do you feel about the kingpin part of this the crackdown on vigilantes yeah i mean i think the kingpin part makes a lot of sense uh, I understand Shabari's concerns. I'm wondering is uh is, is Frank Castle going to be like dead shot in this thing or like how is he going to get his power? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I think the kingpin part makes a lot of sense. Um, political, uh, the political thing is a is a is a great evolution for his character. Um, something we haven't seen yet, so that makes sense. Um, I'm very curious, like. What is Spider-Man's involvement in this? Do we see Tom Holland at all? Do they do his voice? Do we not get that character at all? Um, I find it hard to believe that we get much of, of any of Spider-Man, but maybe there might be more. It might be it might have many references to Spider-Man. That would make a lot of sense. But I don't envision actually seeing Spider-Man much of much of all. Um, but. Otherwise, uh, the rest of it sounds like it makes sense and it sounds exciting. Um, again, the Punisher storyline makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> I, I don't really view it as controversial, but, you know, who knows uh, in today's day and age how this stuff will play out. But uh, for the most part, I think it's a it's a pretty uh, believable storyline for his character. Um, you know, I think uh, there's curiosity as to who this unnamed client is i think the leader in the clubhouse i'd imagine is probably some version of white tiger uh you know as a potential vigilante character that we think is going to be in this show um but i mean i think the big question really to me is what does this 18 episode format look like because what are the episode lengths 
of these episodes because yeah, I mean, we've had six episode shows that have dragged, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we felt like, man, we did not need six episodes. It could have been done in four. Uh, so I do wonder, 18 episodes, is this divided into arcs? I've, I've heard comparisons to maybe this is going to be similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have, you know, 18 or so episodes, but it, it didn't necessarily feel like it the way they split things up. Um so that's the conversation that they could have about this show, and maybe that's what they're laying out. Maybe we have six episodes of a Punisher-led arc, and maybe we have three or four episodes of a Spider-Man arc. Like, again, the problem is, like, you'd have to be able to get all these characters. But they could. Like, this has a chance, and this is my proposal, not to get into the Marvel stuff too much, but, like, this was my proposal on our show last week when you were talking about doing these shows is... At least I, I thought I mentioned it last week. I forget I've talked about this thing so much that I don't even know if I said it on the show. But I feel like instead of doing so many of these Marvel Disney Plus projects, they should only focus on doing one or two really big ones and making sure that the one or two that you do are the biggest shows uh, on television. Because right now you're not just competing with the other shows on Disney Plus. You're not just really competing with the other superhero shows that are streaming or the other super the, the DC shows that are streaming, you are competing right. against every single television show that is out there on yeah, TV, you're, on you're, streaming you're competing with winning time. You're competing with, yes, you, know, you would have been competing with secession before. You can yes. With, Black mirror. Yes. Marvelous. Miss like, Maisel. Like you're, you're yes. competing with all every single show. Cause there's no, there's only but so many hours in a week right. that people have to watch X amount of shows. And guess what? Like, now you're also competing with like the NFL. And the NBA, <laughs> yes, and there's that too. 100%. WWE, like, like, like Shamari, you watch how many Star Trek shows? You can't. You're not gonna fit in a bad Marvel show if you don't have time. Exactly. And so, like, if, if this Daredevil show is on the same level as The Last of Us and House of Dragon and all those other shows, Marvel will make its money, or it'll it'll create the brand. You know the brand equity and whatever else you're trying to build, that'll it'll be worth the money that you're spending. Uh, but when you have these shows that like nobody watched Secret Invasion because nobody had time, people, I'm not I'm not wasting my time with a show that people are saying is bad. Even people even before people said it was bad, people weren't watching it because there was just, like no reason. They didn't build it as a show that people felt like they had to watch it. So, but this sounds like if they if they were able to do it where they're getting Spider-Man in it and they're putting uh, Punisher in it and all these different characters. And obviously, with the Daredevil brand and what that has already been on streaming, this has a chance to uh, fill that void, especially if you're making it 18 episodes. And I just wonder about episode length as well. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, I, I think that that's a, a good point, Kendall. Um, the idea of these shows having to, quite frankly, just mean more. You know, they can't be afterthoughts. They can't just be, oh, just throwing us out there. And it's nice little content. Like, they have to really be something that is appointment television and i think i i would say outside of falcon and winter soldier wandavision and the big three loki, loki i can't yeah, say the original three and i would say hawkeye because i think you can say the stuff towards the end you're dealing with kingpin is up i say those four yep those are the only shows that have, promo- that have promoted appointment television now they're not I don't know if those are necessarily the top four shows. Like, I really like Miss Marvel, and you could throw that somewhere. Would I say that was appointment television? No. 
and there's nothing else Marvel was produced on Disney Plus that I would say is appointment television. Um, She-Hulk kind of on that close with the Daredevil stuff, but there was too much other stuff that I don't know if I would go that far. And, and I think that you made a good point that if you really make this appointment television, yeah, like making Spider-Man a uh, point in this show, I, I'm not expecting you know Tom Holland to, to have an episode feature on him, <laughs> but him, him be a part of this story in a major way or at least a plot point in the story in a major way would make sense. And I think if you're talking about creating a storyline that can move into a new Spider-Man movie, if Wilson Fitz is going to be the main villain of that, this would be a great way to kind of kick us off into that. So I really dig that. Um, the Punisher deal is not something I would expect Disney to want to touch, but I think is awesome. Like, I, I mean, to me, like, the the appropriation of the Punisher logo and what it means today is unavoidable, I feel like. Especially if you're now gonna be talking about this character and bringing him back to the to to audiences, like I, how do you not talk about that at some at a certain point? So I, I'm all for this story being a part of it. I do wonder if this becomes a little too side questy. Like I almost feel like this should be just like part of like a Punisher show as opposed to being daredevil show you know because this is something that gets treated in just one episode or again is this just like a side quest we're following well it's very possible frank that castle that is like over the course that of that this is time. part of that that is part of like the kingpin thing maybe it's part of like right murdoch yeah, I mean, representing his, him in some way right and they're his cops so yeah I, there's some some level to that too uh the foggy nelson stuff sham and the and the and the and the karen page stuff i, I thought the way this article kind of talked about it was weird like uh, oh it's mostly true that they're not in it and well if you see Henson it'll be either flashback or ways to explain his absence like I, I don't know what's gonna happen but I think this idea that oh they're they're not involved at all I don't think it's true like I think that we're gonna like the Karen Page that we know and the Foggy Nelson that we know will be parts of this show they just won't be week to week regulars, or they might even be, they might not even cameo. But there was this idea, I think, when They're we saw the, the casting, right? There was an idea when we saw the casting that these people were wiped from the face of the earth, of this whatever earth we're in, for the Marvel six one six universe. Where that's not the case. They do exist. It's just a matter yes. of what. Because it wouldn't be a question mark. Like if if Marvel right. knew the answer. Like, I'm sure Charles Murphy, if he knows all this stuff, he would also know, like, yeah, no, nah, those characters don't exist anymore. They've been replaced. Or those actors have been recast. Like, right. the this, fact this, that they're not touching it. Yeah, and the way that he's not dancing around it tells me there's some plot point that's going to be interesting here. I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is that they do not get killed off. That is what I'm concerned about. It would not shock me if that is what happens. Some of the stuff I'm reading makes me think that that's where this is going to head. But, I don't know, what, how do you read this, champ? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's pretty likely based on, <laughs> I mean, in terms of, you know, something bad happened. They didn't just, vanish. I mean, they were there. We know they exist in universe and now they're gone. So and they're not coming back. And the math, the math of him saying it's got to be a flashback if they show up, it's like, wait, why? How do you know it's not present day? It's like, well, if they're dead, then yeah, right. and, and I mean, they're they're important to the plot for some reason. So it's not even like, oh, you know, they moved to Africa, or, you know, whatever <laughs> excuse right. you want to make up. Like, they're important to the so Daredevil plot, and they're gone. 
It was like sounds like something bad happened to them. Someone has them. They were taken. Um, you know, something along those lines. Um, I also wonder if this was like a pivot of some kind because I agree. Like it seemed like the energy before was that they weren't in, in that like they were white. Like they weren't right. they weren't part of the universe. That was just forget about them. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like what we were reading and now it's very different so i wonder if this is either a response to something or um them kind of saying okay they're still not in the show but they were sort of in universe but now they're not i i really to me sham that won't the people who are unhappy with it which is i think is the i don't uh i'll say the majority there are a lot of people who do really dislike Foggy Nelson, but like I think the majority of people yeah. wanted them back. Like, I, that's that that is not like that is the stupidest half measure they could do. Like, you you'd be better off just ignoring them than doing this. Like, if you're gonna kill, like people would prefer you if you're gonna say they exist, then make them exist in the show. <laughs> to say oh they existed but they're dead, like I, I, that doesn't that doesn't that just pisses people off even more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm definitely one of those people that was like, by the end of Daredevil, I was very sick of Foggy. I didn't. I know. I just, every time I saw him, he was whining about <laughs> Daredevil being Daredevil. Is like, dude. But um. But yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I, I guess I have to see it in execution. I guess. Um, right. It just on the face of it. It sounds like something that that I'll probably probably roll my eyes at a little bit and be like, look, I get it. You don't want them in the show. Like, you know, stop making me. And, and it seems like, like you said, they're going to be centered, central to the plot. So there's going to be something, like I said, maybe he's trying to get them back or get, you know, vengeance, something like that. And it's just, it's just like, so weird because I feel like I mean yeah. we don't know what this show is going to be, but it feels like what, what from what we saw, though I know yes not all of us saw him in She Hulk. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know, but like in what some of the wording has been though that has shifted. The early wording this is going to be a lot lighter, and now we're here. No, it's going to be mature too. But either way, there was this thought that oh well we could show Daredevil in a lighter light, for lack of a better term. And that that's what we would probably see from Marvel's Daredevil show. I mean, if he's like, oh, my best friend and my former girlfriend were killed by my arch nemesis. I mean, that's a really, to go along with all the other stuff that is in Matt Murdock's past. That doesn't feel, I don't know how you go from that to, oh, but this is going to be a more lighthearted show with a little more heart than the old one was, which was so griddled and dark and. I'm like this. That's pretty dark, man. How do you how do you get away from that? Like, how do you how, how do you how do you lighten that show? I, I think the honestly, unless, I not, feel like the, unless, it, unless it is just as dark as the old one. Who knows? I, 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 honestly, I think the best story in that to keep everybody happy is you write him off the show by just saying that he's to, to protect them. He's keeping himself away from them, you know, and. But how do you somehow do that if, if they're in Hell's Kitchen? Like, because he's this show is in Hell's Kitchen, so right. those people would have to leave. Yeah, those people would have to leave. As yeah, well. he, he's. I don't not know him. how that works. Yeah, right. I don't know how that works. Um, 
but uh, somehow, or maybe like it was an agreement between all of them. Like, yeah, we have to, <laughs> we have to go, we have to go away because uh, of Fisk and Daredevil. I don't know. Uh, they'll have to explain that, but that would be, I think, in terms of like keeping people happy, maybe not story wise, but just like having to not kill them off. Uh, as a resolution for them not being in the show, that would be the biggest, or that'd be the easiest way to do it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the Murdoch in, in, that we did see in there in, in Shield didn't necessarily give off a vibe that like, you know, anything serious like that was happening. But um, the same with the Murdoch that we saw in uh, Spider Man. So, but obviously that was a lot briefer. But like. I don't know. I mean, they could they could write that in. I don't think that that's what they want to do. Um, it's very interesting, though. I mean, there's so many avenues. The excitement for this show, I know a lot of people, for good reason, are kind of like, I don't care as much about this Daredevil show anymore. I understand it. I'm not going to tell you that you're crazy, but I think that this is one of those shows that once we like get a trailer... Uh, I think we've heard stuff like the suit is going to be a lot more traditional and no, none of the mustard yellow and they're not playing games with this. Um, you know, the Hawaiian top hat kingpin. Uh, <laughs> I think this is going to be a lot more traditional uh, of what we are used to when it comes to Daredevil. And I think they're going to get people. Um, I also do wonder. I mean, we know who's in it, uh, but I just wonder uh, like, is there any sort of not connection? We know there's not going to be any like actual story connection, but I do wonder. Like, obviously, we're going to get Jennifer Garner in Deadpool. I'm assuming we're getting Ben Affleck as well. That's not a guarantee. Maybe she's the only one representing that right. universe, but I'm assuming we're getting Ben Affleck as well. Uh, if that's the case, like, I do wonder if like, not that there's a tie in there, but like just feels interesting, you know, that we're getting both those characters and then we're getting a Daredevil show immediately after. Um, like, is there an inspiration? Like, does that mean they're going to use Electra because they're doing that? Like, and that they're going to, or does that mean that they know that they're not going to use Electra? Like, I don't know. Something I'm thinking about. Yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's, it, it is something to follow. I, I feel like, I know maybe more, there's some Daredevil fans maybe that don't feel the same way, but I feel like if, you're gonna do Daredevil. You have to go down the Electra rabbit hole at some point. I know some people feel like Electra is an overrated character, um, but I just think it's kind of just par for the course that that is eventually something you have to do. And I would be curious to see if this is like I I thought the way Daredevil, the Marvel Netflix show, did it was really great. I think the fact that it was someone that he'd already known, I thought it was and and it was someone that he knew in college. I thought that that was a very unique twist that made that work so well i would i'd wonder how they would do it we've seen we saw fox do the more traditional electra in terms of at least his meeting with matt murdoch that's it a lot of other things were untraditional but that part of it was very much true to comics and the death by bullseye all that stuff um and then you had netflix surprisingly kind of maybe do the non-traditional kind of way of introducing electra i wonder where marvel goes because we know marvel of course always likes to be different than previous iteration so important thing to follow there okay we'll wrap up here with 
the fate of the Marvel Universe, both in film and business, could very well be in the balance with the release of Marvel's uh, Avengers Secret Wars film. And it sounds like Marvel is pulling out all the stops to ensure the movie is as big a spectacle as it could be. According to Inness Cooper, Can We Get Toast? Kevin Feige has reached out to Andrew Garfield prior to the strikes about reprising his role as Spider-Man Peter Parker. Now, this comes days after it was Daniel Rickman, a.k.a. Daniel RPK, who reported that Hugh Jackman met with Feige to discuss his future with Marvel and a big role his Wolverine Logan character would play in Avengers Secret Wars. There's also been rumors excuse me, about Tobey Maguire being a part of this film as well. So I'll go to Kendall here. Good idea to bring back Garfield and make Wolverine the center of the Secret Wars film. Yes or no? Um, yes. These are both good ideas. Um, I am... Look, I'm hesitant on the Jackman stuff like long term. Uh, you know, that's been thrown out there, this idea that Hugh Jackman will be the main mutant that is uh, that is tra- him and Deadpool will transfer over into the MCU and they will start the X-Men from scratch, so to speak. Uh, some version of that. I don't like that idea. Um, I think those two being the only X-Men mutant representation or Fox X-Men representation in a Secret Wars movie is not a terrible idea. Some people may not like it. Um, but Secret War is a very cluttered concept right now. There's too many characters that are on the table. You have to find a way to 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 cut some fat off of that. And if by and it sounds like there there's a possibility that like the reason that they're doing them all in Deadpool, all these Fox characters in Deadpool, is that they probably won't be in Secret Wars. So, um, so in that in that vein, it does make sense. Um, you know, I, I, I was talking to our brother Henry about Spider-Man this weekend, uh, after that, uh, report about Andrew Garfield. And I said something that I thought was interesting, might've even been borderline controversial. Um, but I think if they're going to use, if they, if you told me they were using one Spider-Man in this movie, because they thought it was redundant to have multiple Spider-Men, which I think it is. Uh, I think particularly if you're going to have all three, I think that's super redundant, especially since we already saw No Way Home. Um, but if you told me we're only using one Spider-Man, I would use Andrew Garfield. And mm. I think that that's controversial, potentially. Uh, I guarantee you I'm not the only one that feels that way, but I feel like his Spider-Man is the perfect Spider-Man to play off of other heroes like that than Holland and McGuire. I wouldn't necessarily say Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man. Uh, definitely not my favorite Peter Parker. Uh, and his movies are not my favorite. Uh, probably the bottom of the list in all three. But um, but I feel like his version of Spider-Man is almost feels, I don't want to say the most comic booky, but like in that like Avengers thing, I feel like like Holland can do the kid thing really well. Really, you know, make it feel like you know Spider-Man. You know, accentuate the fact that Spider-Man is a young hero. Holland does that really well. And Tobey Maguire is like a superhero, superhero. But I feel like Garfield is a perfect blend of all of these different characteristics that we see in Spider-Man that would fit this movie. Um, 
So I would I would use Garfield if they are down to one character. I don't know. I I think we're gonna get all of them, um, just because money, you know, or, or very at the very least I think we're getting Garfield and McGuire. But, um, but yeah, I would use Garfield and Jackman is a must have for that movie. Uh, and then you bring it, bring back Robert Downey, bring back Chris Evans, and you know pick up the pieces from there people you have on your actual roster you know some other else worlds you know made up characters that we haven't seen before kill bring killmonger back you know do whatever you want to do bring in a new t'challa if you want like at that point you can kind of mess around but like that is the uh those that would be the base of my secret wars lineup um i've got other ideas but that is that's that's the base of it but i, I don't hate these ideas right now so, what do you think about that, Shannon? The idea of of Garfield being back, uh, of of Hugh Jackman yeah. being the center of what Kendall's proposing and how he would present this. What do you think about it? I mean, I didn't um, hate Garfield's Spider Man. Um, I do agree with Kendall. His Spider Man, I think, was very comic booky, very jokey. Um, I thought his suit was very good. Um, I just thought the, the stories surrounding him were not great. Villains surrounding him weren't great. And the second movie, especially, was just overall just very bad. And I didn't love this Peter Parker. I still don't like his Peter Parker. But, um, <laughs> but same one, but, by the way. But his, but his Spider Man is good. So I wouldn't mind seeing Garfield's Spider Man, um, in this movie. Um, and I wouldn't mind, I never mind seeing Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Hugh Jackman, I mean, he's like the, he's like, he's iconic at this point as Wolverine. So I would never, never mind seeing him as Wolverine. Um, would I rather see a newer Wolverine? Absolutely. And I think that would be better. (laughs) I think it'd be better if they put a newer Wolverine in something now, but, um, but you know, you give me Jackman, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to Jackman. So you know, I mean, they want to put Jack in the Secret Wars. Like, all right, I'll, I'll yes, all right. I mean, I'm gonna go see well, that. What do you think about him? This quoted big role, and maybe that him being the centerpiece of, of, of a Secret Wars film. What, what do you? How do you feel about that particularly? I mean, it's fine. I want a new Wolverine, but I mean, that's fine. I, I I don't have I don't have an issue with that. Um, you know, I'll. You know, I got to That's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I'll see a trailer, show me a, you know, pitch me on this Jackman centerpiece Secret Wars, and and you know, I'll see. I st- I still would much rather have a new Wolverine. I don't want him to be the Wolverine, um, going forward. Um, but for this movie, that, I mean, that's fine. I liked him as a centerpiece of um, uh, Days of Future Past. I thought that worked uh, very well. It did work well. Even though I was annoyed by it because I wanted it to be Kitty, but it worked very well. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't mind. Me, personally, I would not mind. It's not, you know, a bad thing for me, but, you know, I still would much rather have a new Wolverine. Mm, I mean, and I think we'll eventually get there, is my opinion on the Wolverine thing. Because Jackman's great, but he, he's, and he's in great shape, but he is older, and it's... It's not like I need Wolverine to be 25, but, you know, 
54 i mean how longer is he going to be in this role another 10 years like i mean maybe 10 years is enough i i, I just think at a certain point if you're if you're if this secret wars is supposed to be kind of a resetting of the universe and it's a movie we won't get for another at least two or three years at, uh, at this point so you're talking about him you know doing this at 57 and then you're making your x-men movies and he's a 60 year old wolverine i think I'm that movie's coming out 2027 Secret Wars, yeah. So, talking about he'll be fifty-eight, and again, Wolverine's yeah. an he, Wolverine's a weird character. He's kind of older anyway, but I mean, still, he has to look the part. I mean, he's got to be, it, you know, jacked up, great shape, all those kind of things. Be able to do all the stunts, like that's a lot to ask from a guy who's in his sixties. Like I know we get a lot from what we've seen from someone like Tom Cruise, who's been doing incredible stuff in his you no know, down entering his 60s but he doesn't have to look like wolverine to do it <laughs> you know what i'm saying um you know keanu reeves i guess same thing with the uh with the with the with the john wick uh storyline uh you know, franchise again he doesn't have to look like wolverine to do what he was doing so that that would be my question but and then how does that wolverine fit with like other younger newer cyclops new gene gray is that is he gonna have a gene gray thing still how's that gonna work like this i'd have some i'd have a lot of questions but i think i'm torn on the on the on the secret wars thing only because one of the complaints that we've had with the fox x-men franchise was that so much of it was wolverine doing stuff you know (laughs) for a franchise that's supposed to be about an ensemble cast with yeah, Wolverine multiple, the, and the it's Wolverine the X Men. Yeah, that had multiple you know different right, important exactly. characters. It became the Wolverine show. In every movie you saw, it was the Wolverine show. X Men One, X Men Two, X Men Three, and then even when you had Days of Future Past, where you're talking about a combination of different generations, he is still the Wolverine show. Now he's Hugh Jackman. He's maybe the most iconic actor in superhero movies ever. Like that is. 100% arguable. But... Yeah. And Wolverine is one of the most iconic superheroes we have. That also is inarguable. But... That... For... A French, for Quite frankly, for a movie company and a, a film production company that has talked about, oh, we want to do things different. If we're going to do things similar, we're going to do different than they ever done before. I mean, okay, you're giving me Hugh Jackman Wolverine and he's creating everything and he's the center of every storyline. I've seen that already. Like, it's something that has been done. So, it would have to be great. Now, it could be, again, Days of Future Past. I complained all the way up until the release. Then I watched it, and I said, man, that movie was great, and I think I might have liked it more than First Class, as much as I love First Class. So, if they do great work, none of this will matter all that much. But that is a little bit of a concern for me. Look, to me... Uh, like the way this, the way this sells, you sell this, it's very simple. Uh, look, I think major role. I don't know if it means Wolverine is going to be the a the like the number one. And maybe he is the number one, whatever that means. But I just think there's going to be so many me- major actors that it's like, and mega actors that it's going to be kind of pick your poison, uh, so to speak. I, it, just, it just feels like with where the Marvel. St- franchises right now and we've seen all the jokes about you know 
the the new Avengers team is you know a playing team at best. You know what I'm saying? Like right, right, it, right. It just feels like if you put Hugh Jackman, you can't put him next to these characters and have to take a back no, seat. No, one hundred percent. Well, you can't. So, but but I I think Secret Wars. I think you're selling the movie, and you got trailers of Downey and Jackman. And Evans and Garfield so, yeah, so and Wire. You think it's it's the the heavy hitters that were supposedly retired? Or, yeah, or this is back. like okay. the first movie since Avengers One that's gonna feel like that. We haven't had a movie it's like, like that. The dream Team, where it's like yeah, like the Dream Team, like oh what all these characters in one, like and that's gonna sell. I think it's, I think it's like, I think it's microwave money. Like I think yeah, you're gonna make a billion dollars. I don't think it proves anything. It's just okay. The one time thing that you can't really do over and over again. But I like, I mean, again, the amount of money you'd make if you got trailers with Iron Man and Wolverine going back and forth. I mean, <laughs> now they'd have to figure that out how you do certain things. Like, what is going to be the or the process of like, like, is Downey going to be brought back in King Dynasty somehow? And then that leads into. Secret Wars, he brought back in Secret Wars because then you can't really market him. So there's different conversations. Is he even in it? I mean, I'm assuming he's. I'm assuming then if he's not, then that becomes a whole another ball game that you're playing in. Um, the other thing about Secret Wars that uh, that I told Henry this week and our brother, we were talking about the movie. Maybe look, call me wishful thinking, Kendall. I've been wishful thinking, Kendall, on the mutants for a long time. I'm not talking about the mutants here. Got nothing to talk about with them. But the character to me that continues to just be ignored and there's really no con- there's really no reason why this character has been ignored. Uh no explanation for why this character has been ignored and no 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 conversation about what they're ever going to do with this character is Doctor Doom. Like and my theory is I think Doctor Doom is going to be the villain of Secret War, and we don't know. And Marvel has done a really good job of keeping that under wraps somehow. That is my theory. Uh, how they've kept it under wraps, you know, who knows? Um, but I'd imagine he's a mostly, maybe not CG character, but he's not a character we're going to need to cast somebody, an actor, to play him. He's going to be probably a voice actor. Uh, so you can you can certainly certainly easier to hide that as we saw. I mean, why is that the case? I mean, I guess you think I don't I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I think you do have to cast somebody big to be Doctor Doom. Just like you had to cast somebody to be Iron Man. Um like how like I how do you get away with with I don't think you can get away with just a voice for someone that major even though he's in a full metal costume for a large think, portion of the movies. I think I think if you're doing Doom Personally, the way I would do him, uh, there's ways, there's multiple ways you could do him, but the way I would do him is I would, he'd be Darth Vader. And so I, you wouldn't see his face, uh, you know, unless you did multiple, which I would have him in multiple movies. Like eventually, like you don't maybe have to cast a mega actor, a mega actor to play him until the second or third time you see him. Yeah. Uh, but if for this movie, if you want to keep it a secret, like he's Darth Vader, you don't know who's playing behind the, there's a voice. That will that will hear that may be recognizable, maybe won't be. Who knows? But uh, if you make him Darth Vader and you don't see his face for the first time, uh, that's my theory. Is what that's because otherwise there's absolutely no excuse 
for why we haven't had any inkling of Doctor Doom. My no conversation yeah. about where he may show up, even. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. My expectations are much lower. And maybe that's where Marvel has it at this point. I, I'm just not expecting. Like, all the cool things we've theorized on this show or things that could happen, uh, Marvel has not delivered on really <laughs> any of them. I'm being real. We got Kingpin. Like, yeah, Marvel yeah, King, King, yeah Kingpin, the... Is the, Kingpin is the only one. And Kang and, and Marvel hasn't delivered on the cool things that they said they do. Yeah, yeah. Kingpin so and as Kendall mentioned, he who remains oh, Kang yeah. were the only ones that were that were delivered on. Every, nothing else has been that they that we've thought of on this show that would be really cool concepts. I guess maybe something that didn't work out, but I guess maybe you could say Scrody as well. But it was done so terribly that I don't even know. Why put that on the list. <laughs> but besides that, like Marvel's not delivered on any of these cool concepts and cool theories, so I I can't I I don't know what the deal is with Doom. My guess would be that they're waiting for whatever the fallout from Doctor uh, Fantastic Four one to then eventually then get to Doom being Doctor Doom being a Fantastic Four sequel villain that would then move forward in the subsequent movies, but that would be my only explanation. But do I expect him... Do I, I think it's possible? Sure. Do I expect it? Absolutely not. I also... I, I have a theory with Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. I told Henry I think when we see Doctor Doom I think he's going to be connected to Iron Man more than he's connected to the Fantastic Four. That's my theory. Okay. Um, yeah. I forgot why I said that. Character-wise. Doctor Doom and something... Iron Man have have have, have, have waged battle several times in the comics as well i don't know how much i would love that but look if you really oh, trying you to know say, why I thought trying that? to get a trying to bring a reason for bringing ryan Rick downey back me saying all right dr doom and I, I, that that's the reason the, the the reason why i the reason why i thought that was the fantastic four if we're to believe these rumors and you know th- theories that the fantastic four is going to be in the 1960s then what do you do with dr doom you know, because obviously that blows up the idea that him and Reed were roommates and blah 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 rivals. I think it's possible that they may make Tony Stark that character for Doom. And yes, it'd be very marvelly I would not you know, like <laughs> to have everything be around Tony Stark. Yeah, I would not like that but at all. I think that that would not shock <laughs> me if that's what they ended up doing. And it's very possible if you start playing in that sandbox that, you know, maybe somehow he's the villain of Secret Wars and it's about Iron Man versus Doom somehow. I don't know. You know, you know, don't I shoot mean, the messenger if that if that ends up happening. But uh, <laughs> that would be that, that. I mean, I know. I mean, but, I'll be honest. I think that would be awful. I think that would be ass. But the Fantastic <laughs> that was, Four thing. That was yeah, how they connect. That was how they connected Doom to Iron Man. I would hate that. <laughs> Everything's all by execution. It could be could end up being good. I just that that idea I do not like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Doom. ultimately like I don't think Doom has to be like a foreign, he has to make uh, anybody's roommate. Like he could just be from Latveria, you know, and just like you know it doesn't have to be somebody. Like that that storyline is is old, you know, like you can evolve it if you really wanted to, but Jim, you yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not. I, I'm not thinking. Um. Yeah, I, I don't agree with Kendall. I, Kendall, I, I'm not. I'm not with you on this one. I don't think Doom's going to be in the. In uh, it's wishful thinking, man. Secret Wars. I, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't have. I don't think Marvel. 
I think I think they're just you know it's Kang and then they're leading up to more Kang and Secret Wars and you know I think the surprises are all in the heroes. I, I don't think <laughs> and, and I don't I don't I know think that's a, that's a fireable offense. If they're just like we're not gonna do Doom because he's a villain of Doctor <laughs> Fantastic Four too. I you know what I'm well I, I think it's beyond I think it's beyond him being that. Well, my thing would be it'd be it'd be beyond him just being the villain of Task Force Two. I think that he would be the villain of the Marvel universe that gets created post Secret Wars. That's how I see. It. Like, yes, it will begin with him in Fantastic War Two, but I think that that the Doom stuff doesn't start until that starts. The mutant era. That would be my thing. I mean, all this, all this, it takes so long for us to care about, say. about Marvel. It's like after post Secret Wars, it's like how much if Secret Wars isn't like very good, not just not just decent, like very good. I mean, how much do we care about what Marvel is doing? <laughs> My question to Kevin Feige, and like I mean, yeah, what Shamari says is one hundred percent true. Like by the time we get to Secret twenty twenty seven, like people people already jump off the ship now. Like if the Marvel is bad, people are off the ship. If yeah, Deadpool three is bad. bad yeah, if Deadpool three is bad, you can you can pack this whole thing up when it comes to Marvel Studios. But, uh, but if like assuming things are, are fairly solid, like my question though would be, why if you're Kevin Feige, even if that is your plan to long, and I know you don't want to like, like introduce Doom too early if you don't plan on actually using him until twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty nine, but like. Where are the breadcrumbs to to get people thinking about his character? Like I don't understand the the business model of bringing in this major character, and unless there is also some sort of contractual reason why they can't use him, and maybe he's on the same deal as the Fantastic Four, and you know they got to wait till twenty twenty five before they can officially show Doom. That's another conversation, but I don't get like I I don't get why you don't show breadcrumbs to give people something to chew on with his character to know he's coming um, because he's such a major character and right now like you know like Shamari said just them saying we can't do Doom because we're doing Kang like they got Kang and Doom in the same deal and decided we're doing Kang we can't do Doom because we're doing Kang first that doesn't make any sense unless again unless there's contractual stuff that we don't know I don't get it. And I'm not saying like you have to rush to do Doom, but you can take it slow and still introduce this guy. That's what's crazy to me. I mean, I mean like I watched a video this weekend of Doom's inclusion in Earth Mightiest Heroes. And the best version his, of you, Doom. That's yeah, ever been, you know, that's ever the, been on television or movies. Like literally he's only and he's only in two episodes. Really he's only in one and he's briefly in a second episode. But, like, the whole episode is him randomly kidnapping Wasp and Sue Storm and, like, the Avengers having to go and save them. And, you know, it's, just, it's you know, eight of its Avengers, Fantastic Four, all of them have to gang up on Doom in Latveria and he's taking he them all them. on. Yeah, he washes them. It's the, they can barely get out of there alive with, with, with uh, whatchamacallit. And he kind of, he just lets them go. He's like, all right. Jeez, I, oh, I, I, I've, I've, yeah, I've done my work is done. I've done what I need yeah. to do. Yeah, Just go leave. home. And, yeah. and they're like, okay. And that was the end of the episode. It's very vague. 
And then you find out later on that he he knew that they were scrolls the whole time. And he, he, so he he was just he was building a, a, a he was using a scroll detector. And he was so he's testing out his scroll detector, and then he went and gave the information to Tony Stark. Like, hey, by the way, this scroll detector will help you uh, during <laughs> later in the later in the show during the Secret Invasion arc. But like, again, this is a character you can use in so many different ways, and they decided they don't even want to use him at all. I, I just I can't. The, the X Men is one conversation. Fantastic Four, we'll get, we're getting them eventually. But when I'm hearing that they're doing a Fantastic Four movie and Galactus is the villain and there's no mention of anything Doctor Doom anywhere, I become greatly alarmed because for the longest time, we assumed he's the villain, the Black Panther. Black Panther 2, or at least he's involved, they show him. Now, I mean, there's been no conversation. So that's why, look, I'm giving them till Secret Wars. We'll see Doctor Doom in Secret Wars, and if we don't, I can't help these guys, man. I can't. I think that's a good place to leave it tonight. So I want to thank you guys for checking out this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. Um, of course, uh, if you uh, like this episode, you know, we are uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, we have a YouTube channel on there we'll be doing some videos on there soon as well so make sure you check us out on youtube new generation media make sure you follow us on social media we're on twitter new generation pod instagram new generation podcasts as well as facebook you can find us searching new generation media follow us individually on social media you can find myself ej underscore stewart or on twitter slash x uh action ej on instagram tiktok and threads you can find shamari on instagram and snapchat mtshan22 you can find Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken. That'll do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Shamari, Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.